This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. Very, very welcome again. And uh, we're continuing our conversations. Um, and we are looking at um, reality, uh, redemption, and addiction in the face of addiction. And uh, so that is what we deal with in our program. And we are continuing to talk to Alta. Um, mm. Thank you very much for being with us again, Alta. Very, very welcome. It's an honor to be with you. Mm. So Alta was with us last week as well. And she spoke to us. She's a she's a mentor and she's also a, 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 counselor. a counselor and have befriended many people struggling with addictions before. She has a wealth of information also from her own life. Um, she's been sharing last week. She was sharing about her experience as a partner of someone struggling with addictions and how to cope with emotions because there are deep, deep emotions when it comes and very uncomfortable emotions often that partners struggle with and wrestle with um, when there's an addiction. Research has also shown that those struggle with addiction struggle to process emotions, especially the not so good ones. There's also a very close link between poor mental health and addictions um, and also the processing of emotions, like we said. Mm. So, Alta, can you share with us a little bit in your experience that you had before working with addicts and befriending addicts and just have, having addicts as part of your life and how, how, they, how this plays out? Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, as we were talking, if, if we think about our struggles, now remember we know Christ, we, we're surrounded by people who love us. We're surrounded by a community of people who love and support us. Now you get this young person, young man, young child, teenager, whatever, and he's got no background mm. of uh, how to handle his emotions. Think of how difficult it was, was for us to, to get to a place of really acknowledging your emotions, dealing with your emotions, of submitting it to the Lord, um, discussing it and so on, and and you get these young people like they grow up in a, in, a, in a home where um, if they are lucky, there are parents uh, present. Mostly the parents uh, are not there, or it might be a very violent household or whatever. And now they have all these the same emotions that we have, and they really they are not equipped to deal with those emotions. Mm, and mm, we stand mm. on the outside and we say, you know what, just get yourself off the street, just get mm, a job, just mm. do this, just do that. It's not that easy for those guys. It's really difficult for them. They struggle with, with, with regret every time they use. They know it's wrong. They know that's not the best way to do it. Mm. But that's, that, they've, caught, they've caught up in, in those habits and those addictions. Mm. So there's the regret. There's, there's the guilt. There's the shame of, mm. of standing on a street corner and begging. We, we think, you know, they do it because they like doing it. Mm -hmm. That's not the truth. It's extremely mm -hmm. humiliating for those guys to stand on a street corner and beg. And the way people react to them, so often it is so loveless and um, 
I've talked to, to, to some of these guys where they'll tell you that people will spit them in the face mm-hmm. and also give them a slap or, you know, swear at them and, and things like that. And they have to endure that to get the money for their next fix. And no matter how much money they do get, um, that's their focus, is the next fix. That's all they can think mm. of. Mm. And then afterwards, they, they have to deal with the guilt and the shame and the mm. feeling of, of being um, a useless human being and mm. uh, feeling despondent and disappointed in themselves. If they've, if they've even gotten to a place where where somebody would encourage them and say, okay, listen, um, let's try and help you beat this. Mm. Um, and and they, they, they don't manage. Yep. Because it takes, a, it takes a huge effort, I believe, from it will take a huge effort from a lot of people to help one of those guys. Mm. And, and I think that's the problem in our society, that um, they're, they're just the outcasts, let's ignore them, it's a problem, but, but we look the other way. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And then, of course, those emotions that they experience fuel the addiction because mm. it's actually an attempt to get away from the emotions that they need the next fix. And, of course, that then they become addicted. That's exactly how they get addicted mm. in the first place because they don't know how mm. to handle the emotions. And then when a person yes. is addicted... That there's a bodily craving for that, that they cannot help. Mm. They just need to have it, and there's nothing else they can do. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, Suki, that reminds me of the addiction cycle, Mm. because the addiction cycle uh, research has shown that um, from intense emotions and, and intense feelings that are unregulated, in other words, they are not being dealt with, that leads into the addiction cycle. So the addiction cycle is that you have certain thoughts about it and a fantasy about it and you're thinking about it. And then it goes yeah. over to uh, like setting up, uh, make getting things in place, going st- go to stand uh, to beg for the money. Um, So you set certain things up, and that is for the drug addicts, for somebody who's addicted to porn, it's to go and sit at the computer and start scrolling the news. That's all setting it up. And then eventually they get to the acting out part is where they actually take the drugs or they watch the porn or they take the drink or two or three or four. Then it goes into despair where you realize I've done the wrong thing again and um, and that's when the shame and the despair kicks in and those are intense emotions and then you go right back into the addiction cycle. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very important that um, one that we learn how to deal with our emotions, how mm-hmm. to regulate those emotions in healthy ways and not to try and suppress them as you were saying earlier on. Mm. But Alta, I hear that you you are speaking with a lot of understanding and compassion. Where does that come from? <laughs> well, well, I think I think that comes from the Lord because I really that that wasn't any. I was I was just like that. I was one of those people that would look at the the people standing on the street mm. and judge them. Mm. Um, mm. I definitely was. Um, and I mean, one at one stage it was about seven years ago. Um, <laughs> the Lord worked it out in such a, a way that I 
I gave a room to a person who was addicted to heroin, and I didn't know about it at that stage. So that's where my journey with working with, with people addicted to drugs, uh, that's where it started. Mm. And he, he, came to, he was just off the street. Um, I remember one day very vividly, he was standing in my kitchen and he was telling me his life story and he was crying and it was just tears and, and whatnot. Um, flowing from his face and his nose and then he'd wipe his nose and he'd touch my counter <laughs> and I was looking at this and I said, oh God, please, you'll have, you'll have to help me overlook this and see the person behind that because mm. I, I was just imagining myself going with my jigglopiki and cleaning up afterwards <laughs> and I just realized, see the person mm. um, and, and I, I think that's where the compassion came from when, mm. when God really put that compassion in my heart for these people that are so destitute and um, really don't have any answers mm. Mm. Um, and, and, and just there's just no um uh, the, what's the word I'm looking for? No way out. No, no way out for mm. them. No mm. way out for them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, when you, while you're talking, I'm thinking about the many verses that says the Lord had came. He came to set the captives free. And mm. um, you know, we often look at captives, maybe those that are in prison, incarcerated. Mm. But these people mm. are captive. They are bound. Mm. Um, they, it's like chains around them. They cannot get out. And um, so you were saying before when you said it takes a community, it takes a few people to help one addict. So can you tell us, because as the focus today is the emotional regulation, how did you help that person maybe or people that came into your life struggling with addictions to regulate emotions? Mm. Yeah, I wish I could say that we were able to help all of them. We were not. Mm. Um, but we were able to help one guy who's been with us now for seven years. And it was really a long journey. Um, he is at a good place in a rehab at the moment. But, you know, just uh, I'm thinking of, of a specific incident where um, he, he got hold of my credit card and he, I think he used about or something like that for movies, Netflix and show back and so on. By the time I realized it, and uh, that day I, I, I said to him, come with me, I'm going to the bank, didn't tell him anything. And on the way to the bank, I said, okay, I saw that, that this money's been withdrawn from my credit card and I just want to find out what's happening here. And uh, he, when I talked, he, he, he was so scared. Now, by that time, he'd already been living with us for about five years. So he was so scared that he ran away. Um, mm. Just throwing away the five years of uh, relationship building and whatnot. He, he just he couldn't handle it. And eventually, we found him. And, and I said to him, listen, come and sit. This is a problem. We're not running away from problems. Mm. We are going to mm. deal with it. Mm. This happens, you messed up. So now we're going to have to fix it. Um, and just allowing him to, 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 to speak out and to say, yes, but I was so afraid. I didn't think mm. what I was doing. I, I just did it automatically. Whatever the case may be, is also to allow that person, the, the, the person who's addicted, 
to express his emotions. Mm. To say mm. and and to really tap into, like you said earlier, Fred, it's it they, they need to become aware of the emotions. Sometimes it's just like a pot full of spaghetti inside of them mm. and they they mm. can't even distinguish what they are feeling. Mm. Is it now guilt? Is it fear? Is it what is it that I'm feeling? And to help them um, just through normal calm discussions to discuss uh, uh, and to discover what it is that they are feeling, what it is that is driving them to act in a certain way. Wow. Uh, that's a start. That's wow. a start. Yeah, um, Elta, I'd, I'd like us to talk a little. We have a break at the moment, but after the break, I'd like us to look a little bit at that point that safe space that you created. So let's just take a break and then we'll continue discussion after that. Mm. Sure. Welcome back, listeners. Mm. And um, yeah, before the break, we were talking about uh, dealing and sharing one's emotions and very specifically from the side of an addict. I know that myself as a, as a sex addict, um, in recovery, w- fortunately. Yes, n- no longer, um, <laughs> but always in restoration. Mm. And uh, it was so super difficult to share my feelings. Mm. And mm. Um, the moment I started feeling safe, and, and that is something I'd like us to concentrate on today, is um, how do you create that safe space where somebody feels they can say whatever and uh, they will be. They will be okay. I, I mean, I mean, you created that for for that young man that you yeah, were helping. Yeah, what you were sharing before the break. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking um, that the, the the best way to do that is first of all acceptance. Mm. So you expect the person for who he is. You know. He's got a problem. He's addicted to heroin or whatever it may be. Uh, make sure you know what, what does that entail. Um, he's going to uh, use and he's going to, like they, they, they say in, in, with, when they use drug terms, he's going to hang. I remember the first time that happened, I saw the one guy in front of the base and he was washing dishes and the next moment it looked as if he was falling asleep and I thought, Shame, he must be so tired. Mm. And only afterwards that I learned that is the, the result of using heroin is they, they get to a stage where they just hang. Um, mm. it, it is like falling asleep where they're not aware of anything around them. Mm. Um, so be aware of, of what the, the consequences are. If it's heroin, that's what will happen. If they're using meth or tick or something else, there might be extreme aggression involved. Mm. Be prepared for that. Um, mm. So, you know, be knowledgeable at least, yeah. and, and to accept that, and and to to realize also with with addiction manipulation comes. Mm. To be aware of that, and and to not allow yourself to be manipulated, mm. um, but and and not to to reject the person because of his manipulation, because that's what the addiction does. Mm. There's manipulation. There will be lies. There will be all these um, strange behavior that that's not normal for a normal person. Mm. But so I, 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 I see, I see. One needs to accept the realities. You know, in that's our program, it. we talk about realities, restoration, mm. and redemption in the face of addiction. But what you've been describing is 
seeing exactly what the realities mm. are for mm. that person specifically. Mm. And it's messy, it's messy, hey? it's mm. often messy and get involved in their messes, in the messes of, yes. of that addiction. And yes. at the same time, I what I hear when you talk is you don't, you, you separate the problem and the person. And, and I mean, it's almost like a cliche. <laughs> it sounds so oh. easy, but it's really, really hard to, to separate oh. this addiction from the person that God loves and that Jesus died for. Mm, mm, mm. And then, um, so, so it's accepting the situation as it is on the one hand, and then not trying to change that person, but mm. to get alongside that person uh, for a considerable time because it's not a quick fix. Uh, remember now for how many years uh, there's, there's like a, a total vacuum in that person's upbringing or wherever he finds it. And that's not with all, with all addicts, but, but in the most cases, there's a huge vacuum that needs to be filled mm. with love and with acceptance and with, um, with, with sound mind and conversations and laughter and crying and, and just helping them see that, that these emotions are part of, mm. of life. Mm. The it rainbow. Hey, the rainbow <laughs> of emotions, not only the hard <laughs> ones, the good, nice ones too. Yes. Mm. Yes, and, and you know, for also for them to learn how to, for instance, if I became angry, and I was angry, for instance, when, when he took my credit card, but instead of lashing out and, and you know, doing, uh, uh, reacting in a destructive way, uh, I would sit him down and say, you know what, I'm really angry about what happened. This is what happened now. What are we going to solve? What are we going to do to solve this? I still love you, and I still would like us to work this out, but it, it's got to be addressed. Mm. What do you suggest? Mm. You know, so, um, so, so it's getting alongside that person and, and slowly but surely allowing them to see that there are different ways of reacting in certain circumstances mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and helping them to get to the place Slowly, where they start trusting the Lord um, to help them with with uh, the, the different issues that they are working with mm. or working through, mm. um, like like this young man that we're talking about. Um, as I said, he's now in a in a Christian, a real Christian rehab where problems are being solved by taking it to the Lord. And uh, we were there yesterday. We we weren't able to see him now for it's been a week and a half. And the the one guy, also one of the, the residents at the rehab, came to us and he said, you know what, something wonderful happened. He came to him and he said, um, he's having thoughts of, of, um, of what is self-worth in English? Suicide. Suicide. Mm, suicidal thoughts. Suicide. Mm. He's having suicidal thoughts uh, and he doesn't know how to deal with it. Will he please pray with him? Mm. So, you know, from his side, he got to a point of saying, I need I need Jesus mm. in this instant. Please pray with me. So mm. I believe, um, I, you know, when, when it gets to that point, there's mm. hope. Mm. And it, it, you, you need to have patience. You need to have grace from the Lord. Um, it, it's, not, it's not a quick fix. Mm. Mm. I, I really appreciate you saying it's not a quick fix um, because that is what mm. I hoped and thought um, Getting over my addiction would be a, a quick, quick, quick fix. And um, 
I started my journey in January 2010, and we are now in 2022. So um, Mm -hmm. it's a long journey, and my journey will not end. It Mm -hmm. will continue after that. And but this this thing about fixing and changing is a super difficult thing because our mm-hmm. tendency is, uh, for most people, is we want to fix this person. We mm-hmm. want them to change. We mm-hmm. want them to be better. And mm-hmm. we try our ways often to make them feel better. And uh, from the addict's point of view, that is probably the worst thing that one can do to help and um, to go into what we call the codependency mode of, mm. of trying to help them. Mm. But there's a fine line, hey? There's mm. a very fine mm. line because you do want restoration for that person. Yes. And uh, then, yeah. then to know when to... I think some people actually enable people because um, they try to help, but they take responsibility away from the person. Mm. And I know mm. because... I know a little bit more about the story of of this person in your life, and I know there was a time when, when you said you're not going to provide for him, so he had to try and get a, a, a way of income. You couldn't, he couldn't just stay there for free. So maybe you can tell us a little bit what you did then. We just have a few yeah, minutes okay. left, so you just need to keep it short. Okay. But yeah, mm. I'll keep it short. So yes, at that stage he was still um, standing at the street corners begging for money. I just made a suggestion. I said, well, why don't you rather bake muffins and sell that? And and that's what he did. So he provided for himself for whatever he needed um, with, a, with with money that he got from his small little business that he started up. Mm. 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 But he had to get up early in the morning and he had to bake it and he yeah. had to get the money. So you didn't yeah. take away, like Frederick said, you didn't, you know, become responsible for him. You allowed him to be mm. responsible. And in the process, you yeah. helped him with dealing with all the emotions and the frustrations also of just that. Mm. And and for them, mm. also for part for an addict to develop a responsibility is a very, very important thing. And that was part of that, right? Yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to think of the word for men's war, the height, what is that in English? Um, so for a person to see his worth. Yeah, yeah to see his worth. And his, mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of this, this, this one organization um, in our area called um, Dare to Love. Mm. What they did is they, they got portable showers. And once a week, or I'm not exactly sure how often, they allow the, the, the guys on the street to just use those showers to get mm. clean water, So, you know, that, that's so positive. Mm. Um, can you imagine not having a place where you can wash and clean mm. up? Mm. And the difference that something like that can make in a person's life. Mm. 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 So that's really... We, we need to think creatively about what we can do, not to enable them, but to help them get out of the cycle of empower them, totally worthless and powerless. Mm. Yeah, and that that's also the cycle of those negative emotions that they get caught up in within. So mm. just a little bit, a little bit of positive things can add 
to them feeling more worthy and to to experience that rainbow of emotions that it's not just negative. Alta, it's been such a privilege to talk to you. Thank you so much. Once again, it's been a privilege. We always learn from you. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. And then listeners, um, you might want to remember to listen to the podcast or if you heard some important things today that Alta was saying or maybe you missed the previous one, Please remind your friends they can go and get the podcast, they can download it, or you can forward it to someone that you know might be in need of hearing what you heard today. And the podcast will can be found on www.kpulpit.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash into me see. Hmm. And uh, there you can learn a lot about uh, our programs and intimacy. Hmm and how we can get closer to God, others, and ourselves. And if you have any suggestions or topics that you would like to hear, please email that to fredericksuki at kpulpit.co.za. Thank you very much for being with us, and may you have a wonderful night. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.